Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the 29th day of November. Welcome. So great to be here with you today. Today we are in the book of First Corinthians, and we are in chapters one through four, and we continue on with the voice translation for this week. Paul, called out by God's will to be an emissary for Jesus the Anointed, along with brother Sothenes, to God's church gathering in the city of Corinth. As people who are united with Jesus, the Anointed One, you have been set apart for service. You are called into community to live as saints with all who invoke the name of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed. I pray that God our Father and the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, will shower you with grace and peace. I am continuously thanking my God for you when I think about the grace God has offered you in Jesus, the Anointed. In this grace, God is enriching every aspect of our lives, of your lives, by gifting you with the right words to say and everything you need to know. In this way, your life story confirms the life story of the Anointed One. So you are not ill-equipped or slighted as a necessary gift, as you patiently anticipate the day when our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, is revealed. Until that final day, He will preserve you, and on that day, He will consider you faultless. Count on this. God is faithful and in His faithfulness called you out into an intimate relationship with His Son, our Lord Jesus the Anointed. My brothers and sisters, I urge you by the name of our Lord Jesus the Anointed to come together in agreement. Do not allow anything or anyone to create division among you. Instead, be restored, completely fastened together with one mind and shared judgment. I've heard troubling reports from Chloe's people that you, my siblings, are consumed by fighting and petty disagreements. What I have heard is that each of you is taking sides, saying, I am with Paul, or I am with Apollos, or I am with Caiaphas, or I am with the Anointed One. He has the Anointed One, has the Anointed One been split into many small pieces? Do you think Paul was crucified for you? Were you ceremonially washed through baptism into the name of Paul? Absolutely not. Paul knows that if the work of Jesus' gospel degenerates into a cult of personality, it will hardly resemble true Christianity. If the focus is on Paul, Typhus, Apollos, or any famous religious leader, then that distracts from the person and central message of Jesus. Any cult of personality is intoxicating, and it is often easier to claim to follow a person who can be seen and touched. But Christianity is founded upon the belief that Jesus is the head of the church and that all of his followers serve his will as a part of the royal priesthood. Now I'm thankful that I baptized only Crispus and Gaius, so none of you can falsely declare that you were baptized in my name. Now wait, as I think about it. I also baptized the household of Stephanus. If there are others in your community whom I baptized, I cannot recall at this moment. The mission given to me by the Anointed One is not about baptism, but about preaching good news. The point is not to impress others by spinning an eloquent, intellectual argument. That type of rhetorical showboating would, not, would only nullify the cross of the anointed. For people who are stumbling towards ruin, the message of the cross is nothing but a tall tale for fools by a fool. But for those of us who are already experiencing the reality of being rescued and made right, it is nothing short of God's power. This is why the scripture says, I will put an end to the wisdom of the so-called wise, and I will invalidate the insight of your so-called experts. 
So now, where is the philosopher? Where is the scholar? Where is the skilled debater? The best of your time. Step up if you dare. Hasn't God made fools out of those who count on the wisdom of this rebellious, broken world? For in God's deep wisdom, he made it so that the world could not even begin to comprehend him through its own style of wisdom. In fact, God took immense pleasure in rescuing people of faith through the foolishness of the message we preach. It seems the Jews are always asking for signs and the Greeks are always on the prowl for wisdom. But we tell a different story. We proclaim a crucified Jesus, God's anointed. For Jews, this is scandalous. For outsiders, this is moronic. But for those of us living out God's call, regardless of our Jewish or Greek heritage, we know the anointed embodies God's dynamic power and God's deep wisdom. You can count on this. God's foolishness will always be wiser than mere human wisdom. And God's weakness will always be stronger than mere human strength. The cross challenges human values because no one expects to find freedom through capital punishment, unlike most of the thousands who faced crucifixion before and after Jesus. He was clearly not a criminal. God uses this contradiction to reveal his power and wisdom. Jesus has offered himself to death and has been raised to life to bring liberation to others. Those who truly follow this crucified king do not seek power and authority through the normal patterns of the world. They offer themselves in loving sacrifice to, for others. That is where God's transforming power is truly revealed in the church. Look carefully at your call, brothers and sisters. By human standards, not many of you are deemed to be wise. Not many are considered powerful. Not many of you come from royalty, right? But celebrate this. God selected the world's foolish to bring shame upon those who think they are wise. Likewise, he selected the world's weak to bring disgrace upon those who think they are strong. God selected the common and the cast-off, whoever lacks status, so he could invalidate the claims of those who think those things are significant. So it makes no sense for any person to boast in God's presence. Instead, credit God with your new situation. You are united with Jesus, the Anointed. He is God's wisdom for us and more. He is our righteousness and holiness and redemption. As the scripture says, if someone wants to boast, he should boast in the Lord. My brothers and sisters, I did not pose as an expert with all the answers. I did not pretend to explain the mystery of God with eloquent speech and human wisdom. I claim to know nothing with certainty other than the reality that Jesus is the anointed one, the liberating king who was crucified on our behalf. I was moved to utter despair during my time with you. I would find myself trembling in dread and fear. The sermons I preached were not delivered with the kind of persuasive elegance some have come to expect. But they were effective because I relied on God's Spirit to demonstrate God's power. If this were not so, your faith would be based on human wisdom and not the power of God. Christianity is not merely a set of ideas and propositions. One can agree with all the truths in the Bible and still miss the power of God. Paul knows the brothers and sisters in Corinth might attempt to reduce Christianity to a new philosophy based on human understanding. But the power of God cannot be fully grasped by our eight-pound brains. We must approach God humbly as creations, not as those aspiring to fully explain the creator of the universe. However, in the presence of mature believers, we do impart true wisdom. Not the phony wisdom typical of this rebellious age or of the hostile powers 
who rule this age. Despite what you may think, these ruling spirits are losing their grip on this world. But we do impart God's mysterious and hidden wisdom. Before the ages began, God graciously decided to use his wisdom for our glory. This wisdom has not been grasped by the ruling powers of this age. If they had understood, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as scriptures say, no eye has ever seen and no ear has ever heard, and it has never occurred to the human heart, all the things God prepared for those who love him. God has shown us these profound and startling realities through his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep mysteries of God, who can see into a man's heart and know his thoughts, only the spirit that dwells within the man. In the same way, the thoughts of God are known only by his spirit. You must know that we have not received the spirit of this rebellious and broken world, but the spirit that comes from God, so that we may experience and comprehend the gifts that come from God. We do not speak of these gifts of God in words shaped by human wisdom. We speak in words crafted by the Spirit because our collective judgment on spiritual matters is accessible to those who have the Spirit. But a person who denies spiritual realities will not accept the things that come through the Spirit of God. They all sound like foolishness to him. He is incapable of grasping them because they are disseminated, discerned, and valued by the Spirit. A person who walks by the Spirit examines everything, sizing it up and seeking out truth. But no one is able to examine or size up that kind of spiritual person. For the Spirit, the Scripture asks, Does anyone know the mind of the Lord well enough to become his advisor? But we do possess the mind of the Anointed One. My brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who walk by the Spirit. I have to speak to you as people who tend to think in merely human terms. As spiritual infants in the Anointed One, I nursed you with milk as a mother would feed her baby because you were not, and still are not, developed enough to digest complex spiritual food. And here's why. You're still living in the flesh, not in the spirit. How do I know? Are you fighting with one another? Are you comparing yourselves to others and becoming consumed with jealousy? And it sounds like you are living in the flesh, no different from the rest who live by the standards of this rebellious and broken world. If one of you is saying, I'm with Paul, and the other says, I'm with Apollos, aren't you like everybody else? So who is Apollos really? Or Paul for that matter? We are only servants, agents who led you to faith, and the Lord commissioned each of us to do a particular job. Paul's test for spiritual immaturity. Do you argue? Do you compare yourself to others? Are you jealous? Answer yes to any of these, then you are spiritually immature. My job was to plant the seed, and Apollos was called to water it. Any growth comes from God. So the ones who water and plant have nothing to brag about. God who causes the growth is the one only who matters. The one who plants is no greater than the one who waters. Both will be rewarded based on their work. We are gardeners and field workers laboring with God. You are the vineyard, the gardener, the house where God dwells. Like a skilled architect and master builder, I laid a foundation based upon God's grace given to me. Now others will come along to build on the foundation. Each serves in a different way and is to build upon it with great care. There is, in fact, only one foundation, and no one can lay any foundation other than Jesus the Anointed. As others build on the foundation, whether with gold, silver, 
gemstones, wood, hay, or straw. The quality of each person's work will be revealed in time as it is tested by fire. If a man's work stands the test of fire, he will be rewarded. If a man's work is consumed by the fire, his reward will be lost, but he will be spared, rescued from the fire. Don't you understand that together you form a temple to the living God and his spirit lives among you? If someone comes along to corrupt, vandalize, and destroy the temple of God, you can be sure that God will see to it that he meets destruction because the temple of God is sacred. You, together, are his temple. Don't let anyone deceive himself. If any one of you thinks he is wise in matters pertaining to this world, he is going to really be disappointed. In fact, one must be deemed a fool by worldly standards in order to become truly wise. Because the wisdom of this rebellious and broken world looks like foolishness when put next to God. So when stands in scripture, he catches the wise in their deceitful plotting, and the scripture add, the Lord knows the highest thoughts of the wise and they are worthless. So there is no reason for anyone to boast in human leaders. You already have it all. So whether it is Paul, Apollos, Iphis, the world, life or death, the present or the future, it all belongs to you. You belong to the anointed one and the anointed one belongs to God. Rather than power brokers, think of us as servants of the anointed one the liberating king, caretakers of the mysteries of God, because we are in this particular role. It is especially important that we are people of fidelity and integrity. It makes little difference to me how you or any human court passes judgment on me. I even resist the temptation to compare myself to the ever-changing human standard. Although I am not aware of any flaw that might exclude me from this divine service, that's not the reason I stand acquitted. The only Supreme Judge, our Lord, will examine me in the proper time. So resist the temptation to act as judges before all the evidence is in. When the Lord comes, He will draw our buried motives, thoughts, and deeds, even things we don't know or admit to ourselves, out of the dark shadows of our hearts into His light. When this happens, the voice of God will speak to each of us, the only praise that will ever matter. Right now, brothers and sisters, the best thing I can do for you is apply these principles to the situation with Apollos and me. We can even show you the meaning of the saying, not beyond the things written. If you learn that, perhaps none of you will swell with pride because you fall into the seductive trap of pitting one against the other. Is there any reason to consider yourself better than others? What do you have that you didn't receive? If you received it as a gift, why do you boast like it is something you achieved on your own? Now let's see if I have it straight. You suppose that you already have all you need. You already are rich and prosperous. And without us, you've already begun to reign like kings. To be honest, I wish you did reign so that we would could reign with you. Because it seems to me that God has put his emissaries at the end of the line, like convicts in their final walk to certain death. We have become a spectacle to the rest of the world, to all people and heaven's messengers. We're nothing but fools for the cause of the anointed one, while you are wise in him. Am I right? We are feeble and tired while you are mighty and full of life. You are well respected by others while we're treated as contemptuous preachers by pretty much everyone everywhere. Up to this very minute, we are famished. We are thirsty and our clothes are shabby, practically rotted 
to pieces. We are homeless, hapless wanderers, but still we labor, working with our hands to meet our needs, because, despite all of this, when a fist is raised against us, we respond with a blessing. Because we face violence and persecution, we stay on mission. And when others choose taunts and slander against us, we speak words of encouragement and reconciliation. We're treated as the scum of the earth. And I'm not talking in the past tense. I mean today. We're the scraps of society, nothing more than the foulest human rubbish. Paul explains and exemplifies the goals of a mature believer in a way that may be easily contrasted with the desires of an immature believer. He is seeking love and truth more than popularity, embracing suffering rather than comfort. In fact, he disregards popularity and comfort completely so that he isn't distracted from the love and truth of Jesus. This could be a powerful force in the world if believers embrace this kind of maturity. I'm not telling you this so that you'll feel guilty or be ashamed of how you have acted. I'm only trying to warn you, just as a father would warn his children. You may have 10,000 instructors in the faith of the Anointed One, but you have only one Father. In Jesus the Anointed, I have become your Father through my efforts in spreading the good news. So as your Father in the faith, I want to encourage you to live as I have lived. Imitate my life. This is one of the reasons I sent Timothy to be with you. He is my dearly loved and faithful child in the Lord. His mission is to remind you of the way I experience life in the anointed. In, the, in all the churches, everywhere I go, I teach the same lessons the same way, and I live out those lessons. But the reality is, some of you have put yourselves on pedestals and live like you are high above the rest. And it's as if you assumed I would not return to confront your misguided pride. But I am coming. Lord willing, I will be there with you soon. Then I will know what power is backing those arrogant folks and their words. The kingdom of God is not a realm of grandiose talk. It is a realm of power. So tell me what you want. Should I visit you, rod in hand, ready to discipline, a crew of self-important people? Or should I embrace you, love you, and gently teach you as we celebrate the blessings of God together? So today we read a letter that Paul is writing to the people in the church of Corinth. And remember when it was like a nice, sweet um, words of affirmation and like, you guys are doing it, great job. And then we read some of his other letters and it's like, should I come with a rod ready to teach you new things or should I come with love and embrace you? And I'm like, okay, those are very interesting ways to handle um, people. I uh, don't know that I would agree with that. But I do hear what he's saying. Uh, this is a word of humility. And listen, no one likes words of humility because we need those words of humility. That's what it is. And uh, something that I that we read, so we're reading the voice translation. And one part of the voice translation that I really like is it has, so if you're, if you're reading along with us, you'll understand, um, these little paragraphs that are separate from Paul's writing and more so of like, hey, in case you didn't understand what that paragraph was, this is kind of like a breakdown, um, which I really like because sometimes I'm like, okay, interesting. Like, I don't even know how to process that real quick, let alone th think of what just happened. 
Um, but something that I really love that he says that's still kind of like an ouch is, um, this is from the little excerpt from the voice translation. Paul's test for spirituality, for spirituality, um, immaturity. Do you argue? Do you compare yourself to others? Are you jealous? Answer yes to any of these, then you are spiritually immature. Like, ouch. That's, that stings. I don't like that. <laughs> because I can answer yes to any of those questions. So then, by Paul's definition, I have spiritual immaturity. And I think really like that causes one of two responses um, can cause you to have this fawn response where you just freeze and then you want to like fight or you want to you want to flight um you want to fight about it and you're like no not me that's that's not like come on or you have this other response of mm, don't care like i'm just gonna i'm gonna flee against this like i'm not not here for this this is not for me nope can't be for me lord you know, and that's called the um, the drama trauma triangle, the fawn fight or flight um, responses. And so, when you kind of have like harsh feedback, or when you when you really have feedback in general, it uh, can definitely hurt your feelings. And typically, it can be that there's some truth in there, um, but it also could be that something in you needs to go and needs to die. And so what Paul is saying here today is a ouch because something needs to go, something needs to die. Um, you know, arguing. Are you comparing yourself to others? Are you struggling with jealousy? Those are all signs of spiritual immaturity. And I don't like that. You know, like, I don't think anybody is sitting here saying, yeah, I love that I do that. Or, you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's more so of a heart check and then just being able to say okay we are holy spirit like i trust you that you are going to lovingly point me back to you as you already have and i am going to trust you that you know how to take care of this and that you will show me what this looks like in practical real life steps because i can keep trying to not be jealous i can keep trying to not have arguments um you know but really we need the help of the helper or we need the saving of our savior can't do it alone and that's the beautiful part of really the lord that i love so much is that he's never asking us to do something in our own strength or asking us to do something without directions or guidance and so this is more so from paul's perspective um which I believe is, is rooted from the Lord. I believe he heard correctly from the Lord. I trust him. I think sometimes his delivery is a little intense. Um, but that's just me. Uh, but anyways, I do think, you know, to be self-aware is to be reflective and to have a moment of, okay, what can I improve on? And asking people who are, are close around you that, know you know how to speak truth and love and can say hey yeah like here's some things that i think we should work on or you know here's some things that i think are not of the lord and i want to call these out in love and encourage you and pray with you and um that was something that i really saw the value in and you just got to be prepared that 
they're not always affirmation. Like people want to see you do better and be better and point you to Jesus. And not everything that we do is good and great and holy and admirable and lovely. And so sometimes we have to have the reminder that, hey, brother, hey, sister, like, I love you. And these things that are going on, these are not of the Lord. And, you know, we should really seek him together. And so, Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that ultimately Paul is trying to refine us and to make us more like you as we should be, as that should be the desire of our heart. And so I just pray right now that you would show us the areas of our hearts that are spiritually immature and that we need to grow in maturity with you. And I thank you that it doesn't happen overnight and you're not expecting it to happen overnight, but that we would be aware of some heart issues and some things that are going on that maybe we're not even aware of or things that we are aware of and we don't really know how to get out of them. We feel trapped. This feels like a trap cycle and we want to get out, but man, we really need the Lord and we've been trying to do it in our own strength. And so I pray that we would seek you in all things. And I thank you, God, that when we seek you, we find you. And that is the truth. And I just pray that we would even remind ourselves that when we seek you and we ask for you, we find you. You have revealed yourself to us. And so I just thank you for this time. I thank you for this space. And I just pray that we will walk humbly with you, our God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is our website. That's a place of connection. It's where you can see what's happening here in the community, how to get connected and stay connected. So be sure to check that out. If you have prayer requests and things that we as a community can come alongside of you and encourage you and lift you up, and you can call in 800-583-2164. Or if you listen through the app, you can record your prayer requests through there and they get sent in and played at the end of every day's podcast. That is all for today. I'm China. I love you and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hello, Dab C family. This is Steve in Northeast Ohio. Just calling in. I could use prayers for my daughter, Kim. She's got some gastrointestinal problems and it's really keeping her miserable and she's got some other issues on top of that and she she really needs prayers so i would just uh, appreciate all the prayers i can get for her so thank you hi uh, dabc this is kim from california i haven't called in a very long time i desperately need your prayers for my marriage my husband and I have been really struggling quite a bit, and he is on the verge of not wanting to continue. He feels hopeless. Um, he's had a lot of health issues as well, so it's been a difficult time for us. I just truly ask for your prayers. Sincerely ask for your prayers. I love you all. I've been with the DAB, the DAB for over 10 years and the DABC for several years now. I remember when China was a little girl listening to her. Anyway, I just, I'm so anxious. I, I just, please, please, please pray for my marriage.
please pray for my marriage, the healing of my marriage. In the mighty name of Jesus, I ask, Kim in California, thank you. Hi, this is Victoria Soja calling to pray for some of the dabbers. I want to pray for unashamed of the gospel, the wife that uh, that had the, uh, I wanted to pray for her and the anxieties that she's going through and ask God to bless and heal her. I also want to pray for Carrie Thomas, a beloved daughter, uh, and and, uh, and her uh, daughter, and also for help her to help her in her uh, forgiveness and, and learning to forgive. And I want to just pray for, for the dabbers who are going through and having the challenges in, uh, of, of the holiday season and the loss of their loved one. I want to ask the Lord to, to heal and deliver and to strengthen. Gracious Father, we just praise you today. We just don't call because of your, your word and the request that came through. Father, we just ask that you bless every dabber that called. Even the names I called and the names that I meant to call and didn't get to call. I ask that you bless. I ask that you heal. I ask that you deliver, Lord. I ask that you set the captive free in the name of Jesus. And I ask that you have your way, Lord. You heal. You strengthen. You deliver. Lord, you give life and favor in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless your people everywhere. And Lord, we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Have a good day, Dabras. Love you all. Bye-bye.